All right, here we are in Philadelphia. Buster uh, being joined by Drew Gulak from WWE. Now, wait a minute. I want to clarify something here, yeah, Drew. Yeah, go ahead, do it. If I can. I think I know what it's going to be. Go ahead. Well, I don't know that you don't know. I mean, well, you, you, you go and I'll tell you. <laughs> all right. Um, NXT still, or is it all SmackDown now? So I knew what you were going to ask. Damn it. Uh, so now it's officially SmackDown. Okay, got As it. of the past draft, I, uh, I've i left the 205 Live roster. Right. Which was in a transition to the NXT roster. Right. Uh, and now I'm on the SmackDown roster, even though I used to be on the Raw roster. Yo. Uh, so at some point, hi. are you like, yo, I don't even know like where I am. I knew. <laughs> I knew what was going on. Okay. Uh, but, you know, I don't like to – I like to let – People guess. Yeah, totally. Themselves. But like, do you at, <laughs> at some point are you like, all right, I I just want to because like we do that in radio a lot. We'll you know we'll stay in the same company, sure. But I'll go to a different market and okay. go to a different local brand yeah, and yeah. things like that. And you get to where you're like around like Tampa, like that that kind of. I like, was actually I just left Tampa. Oh, I just moved up here from Tampa. I was at FLZ in Tampa. <laughs> I just moved up here and. Uh, and so, to that point, you get a little bit like, cool, I'm in the Umbrella brand, so I'm good, yeah. but sometimes I'm like, oh, I just want to know what gas station I go to every day. Like, have yeah. that- is it going to be Wawa, or is it going to be <laughs> right. Piggly Wiggly somewhere? Right, right? Like, or just you know- that stability of like a normal <laughs> like day-to-day. Yeah, I guess, I guess with WWE, it's not so much about you know, living, because we're constantly traveling, so like all of our shows are traveling. That's true. Yeah, but- uh, now, did the fan you go base over... changed, the personnel changed, so like, yeah, the whole thing is. A... Did you go over for Crown Jewel? Were you this in... past one? Yeah. No, 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 I did not. Have you done? I, I avoided that. Right. So oh, no. have you had to? There. Have you had to go over to like Saudi and stuff before? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was in the the, the greatest Royal Rumble. I actually oh, participated yeah. in that. I got to beat up Daniel Bryan for about three minutes before Tucker Knight cheated and threw me out. <laughs> um, What's yeah. that like uh, in terms of crowd? Because I think you know, especially the first couple yeah. runs and first couple shows that you guys were having over there. Yeah, the crowds, everything f- it looked like it felt different. Is that right? Is uh, that totally. I mean, like it's they. I mean, they would get shows in Jeddah once a year. They have such like rabid fans. Like it's it's so cool to go to a place where they don't get to see wrestling. Like Philly, we come to maybe two or three times a year. Sure. Right? So like you go somewhere like Saudi Arabia that maybe once I don't know once a year. Some places you know once every five years they're like hungry to see it and they're really excited to see it. Yeah, now, that's true. With the Saudi Arabia crowd in particular, like it's split. Like there was a there was a lot of people you could tell that they weren't really fans or they were seeing it for the first time and that's really fun for like a performer to like experience that. And then you had like just a sea of people who knew all the characters and really just wanted to be a part of the show. So it was, dude, it's an awesome experience. You know, that leads me to a question I never really thought about. As a as a superstar, do you prefer to wrestle in front of a a, a, a crowd that's hip to it and knows and, mm-hmm. and you know is wrestling fans, sure. yeah, tons yeah, yeah. of marks and all that, or do you prefer you know a, a more of a, a more of an ignorant crowd, or do you like a mixed bag? I think most performers prefer a crowd that is fresh, that isn't really like uh, diehard fans. Sure, but um, because the diehard fans are a little pickier, you know, right. they they live in it. Me personally, I it doesn't matter. I just want to I just want to get out there and perform for whoever it is. Um, where I grew up in Philly in the wrestling industry was Combat Zone Wrestling, which was one of the local promotions oh, yeah. here. They wrestled at the arena down in South Philly on Swanson and Rittner. Yeah. And uh, they were some of the most hardcore wrestling fans. They've seen everything, everything. So I'd go out there for a match, and they would just be sitting there looking at me. <laughs> like, do something. Guys would be flying off the top rope to the outside through a table, and they would just be like, okay. 
that's, I, yeah, that's got to suck I, to a degree. You, if you take it to heart and you understand, like, yes, it really, it really can suck for a performer. Like, it, it's, it's like bombing every night. I guess as a stand-up comedian, you know, like that kind of thing. But then you kind of figure out ways to kind of how they operate and what makes them tick and what engages them. And if yeah, you can do hit, you think that probably it makes you a little bit more fine-tuned? Totally. 100%. I just because of that experience, I I feel confident going out in front of any crowd uh and and just doing my thing. I don't mind. So, let's talk about Philadelphia. Um yeah. so where did you grow up? Uh so I was born in Abington Hospital. Okay. Till I was 10, I lived in Montgomeryville, and then when I was 10, I moved in with my grandparents in Fox Chase. Oh, okay. Yeah, with uh with my mom, my dad, my grandparents, my aunt, and my brother. Uh so we all lived in a house in Fox Chase. Uh when I got to so I went to Northeast High School. Uh, Viking class 164 what's up <laughs> then uh, went to Drexel from there for a couple years took some time off from Drexel went back to Northeast Philly then I went to community college the whole time I was training in South Philadelphia so I pretty much lived all over the city so before starting with WWE you hadn't had much experience outside of the Philadelphia area is that no right? that's not true so as an independent okay. wrestler I started uh, at the age of 17 which is typically young for a wrestler to, yeah, start, sure. to start in the business um, uh, I'd say Age 21, I was going to, no, 20, 22 or 23, I was going to Japan. Uh, 20, 21, I was going to Germany. I was going up and down to Canada, trips like that. So I was all over the country, like at that point, like just carpooling and occasionally getting a flight. Right. Just kind of like like an independent, you know? So when you're going through that, and again, in, in radio, it can kind of take you and move you all around, and yeah. you get to discover a lot of cool parts of America that you're like, whoa, I didn't know they do that over here. Yeah. It, what has been, and it could have been during that era, or it could be now that sure. you've, you're a little bit more experienced in traveling, but what is sort of the, you know, what are, what are your favorite parts of the country where you're like, yo, I cannot wait to get back over here because they have the it's, best. It's Philly. Okay. It's home, dude. Yeah, the more I travel, the more it's like, man, Philly is like the best. Yeah, and like I, if I you live if you live here, you understand it. You one hundred percent. I if used you to don't live... live here. You hate everyone from here, and that's fine because we we're cool with it. Well, but... and I love it. it. Look, Philadelphia makes you earn it. I used to live here years ago. Yes. Okay. I lived here years ago. Worked here years ago at a uh-huh. different radio station. Yeah. And I remember my first year, figuratively, got my ass kicked by this town. Yep. You know, because it was just uh, whether it's you know uh, you, yeah. the traffic or you're <laughs> getting PPA or, or oh, yeah. <laughs> you know whatever it might be, and and this is a tough town that does make you earn it. Mm-hmm. But then I left here for a few years, and I always went, man. You know, out of all the places I've lived, Philadelphia is the best. Yeah, you know. So I, I guess I guess I I can I can agree there because even coming back, you're like, oh, see, this is this feels like I should be here. Yeah. Yeah, I'm yeah. from here. I I just I feel like this is my home and like there's so many great places to travel across the country and like I've been so grateful to see them and even like around the world like grateful to see them. Yeah. But it's not the same. It's just not the same. Where's your cheesesteak spot? Jim's. Jim's is my cheesesteak. Jim's is one of my favorite yeah. too. They closed the one in Northeast Philly. I'm actually kind of bummed. Yeah. The, when did they close we that? Just sneak one? out of school and go there. Don't sneak out of school. <laughs> yeah, don't do that. Yeah. But I love Jim's. I like Phillips. Phillips, Pass Young. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, Phillips, of course. Phillips is good. Um, Delisandros. Delisandros. I used yeah. to live by Delisandros. Oh, cool. Yeah, right down the street there. But I don't know because they, I, I like it. It's good. The only thing is they dice it. It's like the more ground the steak. Chops. Yeah. Whereas I like the pieces that Jim's yeah. or Phillips mm-hmm. will do. Yeah. You yeah. know. Yeah. Where's uh, where's your favorite spot? Like, if you're if you're going out on a date in Philadelphia, where do you Philly? go? Philly. Where do you go out? Uh. 
usually the Reading Terminal Market's like a place that we Ooh, go to. Oh, you're lot. right. That is a good. Yeah, date. it's so cool to bring people there and like. Man. Also, that new uh, what do they what do they call that Dex? Is that like Winterfest or something over on Columbus? Is this like the town? Oh no, you're talking about like by the, the Cherry Street Pier, like all that. The, yeah, there's like that like uh, in the winter Spruce time. Street Park. They they put uh, an ice rink there. Right by that hotel on Columbus, they put. It's, I think it's called Winterfest. I'm pretty sure okay. that's what it's called. I, there's been an ice rink there for years, though, right? Like, mm, I don't know if it's the same. I don't know if it's the same thing. But what they do is, is it might be what they what they do with that rink. Uh-huh. And what they do is, is they have like. You know, you can basically go there and get drunk and ice skate with all your friends. Yeah. Because it's, you know, and it's all decorated holidays sure. and whatever. And I think that is one of my favorite spots. I can't believe how nice that area is now. Like, they've just built that up to like the last 10, 15 years. Well, I don't got nowhere it's else amazing. to go. I yeah. mean, geez, it's so jammed here. Yeah. It's like, well, let's spread out a little bit. What's That's happening true. on Columbus? Nothing. Let's go there. Yeah, everything's growing, man. It's cool. <laughs> um, okay. So you are back in Philadelphia tonight, uh, or t- tomorrow night, rather, uh, at wells fargo center uh, how long have you been back in the city with your traveling i got in yesterday okay yeah so right now i'm actually located in orlando that's where i'm based out of right now oh okay but i come home as often as i can sure um, so yesterday i got into philly i went and visited my aunt and then went right to wrestling practice my old my old, one of my old wrestling schools at the chikara wrestle factory up the street that's fun are there yeah. are there still young bulls around like yeah, excited I think to kind we had of two classes and... yesterday there was like we had one that was 20 people and one that was like 15 people um that's average for that school i think they might have I don't know, close to close to eighty people that go in and out of there as trainer as trainees. Yeah, that's right awesome. Now. Yeah, it's a lot for a wrestling school. And I bet you that's growing now with kind of the yeah, you know, wrestling's very popular again. Yeah, it's on the upswing. Yeah, that's awesome. Yep. You know, I'm sure as a lifelong fan, it's like you go through these peaks and valleys. Dex and I talk about it too. Yeah. You know, you go through these peaks and valleys where you know the mainstream audience either tunes in, tunes out, goes on to something else, gets tired of it, comes back, has their opinions, and it's always fun to talk to a normie. Sure, <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah, it's yeah. always fun to talk to somebody. <laughs> Because as someone who's like deep in the game, uh, you know, it's always fun to sort of hear the mainstream audience's perspective on what's happening now. Yeah. You know, and what, what they like and don't like. Um, I, I also think I'd love to know your thoughts on this, especially, sure. um, you know, someone so versed in the game. Uh, I, 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 the audience. Mm-hmm. And you talk about like the the smarter audience that's that's hip to wrestling and sure. you know is is a little bit more involved. You talk about how how they react to things. And do you think sometimes? Because like, let me put it to you this way: I'll watch WWE main roster programming, mm-hmm. and there's times where I'm like, "Whoa, that was nuts!" And I'll see the you know the internet world world of fans and they don't give it sort of the credit it deserves I so you're watching like with like twitter in your hand like that kind sometimes, of thing? sometimes okay, okay, okay. I'm, I'm like that yeah, sometimes yeah. you know and i i think that sometimes the i don't think that things get the credit they deserve and i think that there's other things that are overhyped by the audience by the the passionate audience sure and i think that there's moments where i'm like okay so whether it's a different company or a different version uh, or or a different piece of the umbrella yeah. of the main wwe umbrella whatever it is i think sometimes like the smarks will will go nuts and be like oh this is the greatest thing that i've ever seen sure. and it's like yeah but these guys are going off mm-hmm. and we're not giving them the credit they deserve what is your kind of thoughts on something like that when you i s- i think um where where I've kind of like grown into right now. It's very easy to like stay focused on a very small portion of our fan base, especially if they're very vocal and if they're very passionate. Um, I think where I've kind of grown into, I have to 
try to see everything as much as I can. It's, and you can't. It's, it's like you're looking in one, one direction, and then there's something going on over here. And I'm just speaking for an audience perspective. Okay. So I have to kind of be aware of everybody at the same time. Uh, so, I mean, I'm not saying, like, you can't please everybody, but there's a way to kind of, like, gauge a reaction on a grand scheme. And that's very difficult to do. And it, honestly, you got you to gotta kind of let go of a lot of personal feelings as a performer. Yeah. Because, um, like you said, like people might not get the credit they deserve for something. You might put, all, for us, we might put all our heart into this one thing, right? This one moment that we want you to latch onto. And like a few people might get it, but then like a, a portion of the audience might reject it very loudly, yeah. right? And that could have a ripple effect on the whole thing. Right. But me as a performer, I might have like a long-term game plan in mind for that moment to kind of impact over time. Sure. Right? So at the same time, the fact that you are reacting means it's working. Right. So you kind of have to like play the long game in things. And that's kind of where I've gotten to in my career where I love that yeah. answer. I love that because even as the audience, like I, I, I tell myself sometimes it's like, hey, you know, you don't know everything. Sure. Like I might sit here, I might sit here as a fan and be like, "Oh, this is dumb. Why are they doing that?" And then it's be like, "Well, I don't have all the pieces to the puzzle." And then sometimes that that'll be answered the following week, and it's like, "Oh, that's why they did that." Yeah, maybe. I mean, everyone's going to react differently to things, you know. I, I think, I think that's a, as as someone who's watching it, that's exactly the thought process you're going to go through. But you're watching it, you know, like, and that's that's the big problem in the end of it. I try to think of it like like a movie too. Like, if you're watching a movie and and like. You're trying to figure things out. You don't want to be taken out of the picture of the overall scope of things and maybe something setting up something down the line. But the point is, is like if you disengage from the thing, then there, there might be a problem there. Sure. If you're engaged the whole time, it's working. I love it. I love it. Let's talk about tomorrow night. Wells Fargo Center. Wells Fargo Center. Yep. Friday Smackdown night Smackdown. On Fox. On Fox. How do you like that? It's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah is that for a cool for me, feeling? it's really cool, man. Like we grew up watching The Simpsons, you know, coming yeah, from school hell yeah. and stuff. So, live in color. Yeah, Seinfeld and everything like that. So like uh to be on Fox now like alongside the NFL and the MLB and uh, you know, all their great programming. It's it's huge. Wait, for the company. pause. Let me ask yeah, you yeah, about yeah. that. Go ahead. Okay, because now <clears throat> with Fox coming into play, getting yeah. more exposure in more sports news outlets, yeah. things like that, and I love that. That's pretty cool. Now, uh, do, are you getting, like, say, family members that aren't necessarily deep in the wrestling game, but obviously they watch football or whatever it is, and all of a sudden There's you're a more in their yeah. world, and it's like, wait a minute, what are you doing here? Uh, so I had not quite the same thing, but I was visiting my aunt yesterday, like I said, and my... Uh, my uncle actually went like, yeah, I just turned on Fox one day. And I was like, holy crap, there you are. Right. And like, I just happened to be standing in the ring when he turned it on. Right. But he didn't realize like the program shift and everything. So, um, yeah, that's the most direct impact I've seen. And that's pretty cool, like right off the bat. So yeah, pretty what happens here in Philly with you tomorrow night? Uh, well, we'll wait and see exactly what I have in store. I'm coming off two weeks uh, of a little break while guys were away in Saudi Arabia and Europe as well. But uh, prior to that, I had a little run-in with a guy named Braun Strowman. Yep. And he's someone who I, th I see a world of potential in. And I think he could be great one day and a great representative of what we do. I just think he's going about things the wrong way. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's got this whole persona where he's the monster among men and he's a big man and a big strong man. And like, okay, dude, that's gonna only going to get you so far. You kind of need to have a little know-how and a little technical acumen, which I think I've gotten pretty good at in my 17 years of doing this. Yeah. So I'd like to lend my help to him. I'm sure he appreciates your criticism. In many ways. I don't think he appreciates much, <laughs> but that's part of the problem. Yeah. Yeah, so... 
we'll see if I'll get the opportunity to reconcile with him in some way. If not, then okay. we'll, we'll move on. Uh, your brother's a wrestler, right? Yeah. My okay. brother Rory, yeah. Um, we started together at the same time. That's right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, do you kind of miss having like a like a buddy around? Do you think that you could see yourself doing more tag team stuff down the line? You, having a partner in crime? If, if Not they, necessarily with or without him, but I'm just saying missing, you know, you know, just being by yourself can sometimes, there, it limits you. I mean, I've I've uh, I've had teams off and on throughout 205 Live. Uh, I'm still fresh to the SmackDown scene, yeah. So like, I'm gonna get my footing there first before I make any rash decisions about jumping into a team. Yeah. Uh, I definitely see some people that have like kind of uh, like-minded scenarios. Like, there's a, a very talented team named the B Team that's there right now. Right. They're kind of in a you know they just got moved over to SmackDown with the Fox deal and everything, and they've had very similar situation that I've had. So like, I, there's definitely some people there that I could see myself teaming up with. Uh, if it came to like Rory, if Rory was tomorrow all of a sudden on SmackDown, I mean him or teaming, it would be like it would be like that, and we'd be gelling right away, and uh, that would that would be very different than anything that is there right if now. If you guys were on a team together, who would be the first to Owen Hart out and and beef on each other, and and like when Owen dipped on Brett? I know exactly what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Who would who would be? The, do you think you would turn on him first, or do you do you think he would? Uh, he would kind of want to go solo first and get his shine because that was the thing about I think, Owen. So he would accident. So my brother would accidentally, not 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 on purpose, agitate me, and then in turns I'd piss him off, and then he would take the first punch. He would okay. Swing first. Yeah. Awesome. Now yeah. that could probably lead because you guys have probably been, you know, wrestling <laughs> since you were five. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you since, know, uh, yeah. just like a Brett and Owen. So just that would probably lead to some cool technical stuff. Yeah, man. That would be fun. That's awesome. So, uh, okay. So tomorrow night, Philadelphia, after SmackDown, if you're in good enough shape, depending on how the night goes, uh, do you go out? <laughs> uh, not, not like I used to. Yeah. Yeah. When I was a little younger, I used to be able to just stay up till like four in the morning. But now I have to kind of focus on my travel schedule because uh, the most demanding thing is competing and then not sleeping and getting onto a flight, which I used to be able to do no problem. Like I'm talking 23, 24, 25, no problem. But now I'm 32 right now. Um, so I'm not that old, but uh, the, the recovery time yeah. is, certainly, oh, yeah. is certainly longer and uh, makes me appreciate certain. You know my uh, my healthy time where I'm just kind of chilling. Right. Well, so. plus plus it's got to be so tough that that schedule has got to be the hardest. Not necessarily like for any other reason other than just getting things aligned in terms of getting on the plane on time. Or, right. You right. know who is the worst on the roster at, at you know who who do you have to be like yo did you wake up on time are you gonna make it to the airport. I don't know if I can name anybody, okay. but I do have a few people in mind. Yeah. Um, let me see if I can, if I can throw any out. Uh, the worst on the roster. I don't think there's anybody's like the worst on the roster. But but like, there's not there's not one where it's everybody's like, oh, of course he's holding us up. No, I don't know. I don't know if anyone. Everybody's that that responsible. It's a machine, huh? man. We we go go go, and there's nothing else like it in the world. Like, you uh, mean Buster was just talking in the hallway, or me and uh. Dex. Dexter, sorry, you're Buster. Yeah. Dexter, we were just talking in the hallway. It's the Dexter. Uh, yeah, we were just talking in the hallway about like the schedule and how, how much how crazy it is. And uh, honestly, now it, I think it's easier than guys might have had it in the past, uh, the way technology is. We just kind of like have our travel set and we just got to get to it and then go. And then as long as we're responsible enough to get up on time, right. you're fine. So if you're not, that catches up to you pretty quick. I bet. So you won't last. Um so I think right now we're in a good shape. Like WWE rosters, having play. just kind of came over full time to the SmackDown roster, is it 
tough to sort of now with uh, with NXT sort of invading and all shows kind of blurring over each other here uh, and building up for Survivor Series. Right. Is it tough? Uh, you know, I'm sure sometimes you're like, listen, I'm on SmackDown now, so like, whatever, I'm blue till I die right now. But I kind of like I'm rooting for some of my NXT buddies to get up in here and start some stuff. I mean, I want all my friends to succeed. Right. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm a team player. I'm, yeah. a, I'm on the blue team right now. Sure. And that's the team that I play for. So if you cross the blue team, you cross me. That's awesome. Yeah. I love it. Thanks. Now, you tweeted that Triple H, uh, something that he tweeted, you you responded and said he's part of the problem. What that was you, last night. Yeah. What did you mean by that? Okay. So uh, he was very encouraging to a match featuring Leo Rush and Angel Garza. Now, Leo Rush got lucky and he pinned me for the Cruiserweight Championship not too long ago. And now he's the current champion. And I never got a rematch for that title. Um, not saying that, oh, man, I need a rematch for that Cruiserweight title. It just kind of rubs me the wrong way, the way he carries himself. And I see something like the Cruiserweight Championship. Like, when I was the champion, right, uh, I looked up to that title. I looked up to the people that that title represented. I'm talking, like, Dean Malenko. Sure. Eddie Guerrero. Yep. You know, all these amazing wrestlers who were journeymen, which I kind of modeled my career like that because of those guys. And they, they brought a level of prestige to the in-ring content that goes along with that. Someone like a Leo Rush, I don't want to say that he bastardizes it, but he kind of does. And like the match that they were having yesterday kind of furthered my point. So when I see someone like Triple H, who's, you know, NXT is his baby. It's his child. Uh, he's very proud of what he's accomplished with that. Someone who's, you know, he's a legend in his own right, a Hall of Famer. Um, like, he, he has, it, it's, it's like he's at this point where it's like, People feel like you can't say boo to him or what he creates. Or what, but I see a problem where he is now. And I've seen this in the past. When guys carry themselves a certain way with the way like their in-ring ability is, is kind of like leading the action and letting the fans dictate the pace instead of actually wrestling like a wrestler should, right? And, and kind of like taking pride in what they're doing instead sure. of like worrying about that little applause that they get from the audience right. as opposed to just getting the job done. Right. Like the long-term effect of that is very detrimental. So to see Detrimental someone, to them or to the business? To everybody okay. in wrestling. Um, yeah. Everybody who likes what we do, to the fans, all the way up to the wrestlers. And the wrestlers wind up getting hit the hardest with that. Sure. Just physically, and it's, it takes time. But guys who are in that moment and can't see three steps ahead of themselves don't see that, right? There, so he's way there, yeah. So, so you see think someone Leo like Leo has built himself to be he, he's he's building himself, uh, not necessarily in the interest of sustaining, more so in the interest of being a flash in the pan. Yes. <laughs> wow. Yeah. All right. Yeah, and I think it's 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 just it's going to be a bad situation. And so to see someone like Triple H kind of like just be like, yeah, this is encouraging. Great. Yeah. Like, okay, it's exciting now for maybe like. You for I don't know, man. It's like I guess he's watching his kids succeed or something. Sure. But in the long term of things, this is not a good thing. And I'm surprised he hasn't had the uh, the vision to pick up on those things yet because of the scope of his role in the company. Right. Yeah, now. of course. So yeah. to, to see him kind of do that and like rah rah NXT, that that kind of rubs <laughs> me the wrong way, especially oh, wow. after the situation with the title. So I had to say something. I felt like saying something. A lot of guys feel like they can't say stuff to him. Yeah, I was going to say, you think like you yeah. know, in that company, it's tough. They're worried they're, that's going to affect their career in the long run. And sure. I'm, I'm very confident with my ability, so I'm I love not going to let that bother me.
That's awesome, man. Well, we'll see you in action tomorrow night uh, here in Philadelphia, Wells Fargo Center. Uh, tickets, there are still some tickets available. Um, you can grab those, Ticketmaster.com. Uh, you can also win them from me. Uh, I'll have tickets today uh, at 4 o'clock here on Q102. Um, by the way, Q102, uh, you're a Philly native, so this is this is a Philadelphia institution. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's, it's crazy. Like When I found out I was coming on Q102, like I was thinking about all the years I went to like day camp. And like we'd listen to the morning shows and stuff, and like I think Chio in the morning was Chia, the guy yeah, at the yeah. time, yeah. And like uh, Q102, it was the station like all the kids listened to at the time. So that's like, awesome, so cool, man. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Well, we're happy to have you here, Thanks. and uh, and I'll be in the house tomorrow night. So awesome. uh, so hopefully uh, you whoop some ass. I'll be cheering you on, regardless, yeah, you even if you like it or you don't. Thanks, I appreciate <laughs> it. I'd expect you guys to, right? It's a Philly way. <laughs>